Since you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, have you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, why did this happen to me? Well, you're not alone. I did too. But this is a time when you're given two choices. One, you let those four nasty words that you've been told, you have breast cancer, stop us from living. Or two, we can take what we're being given to us and use it as fuel on our path to healing, growth, self-discovery, and to bring out the best of us and become the hero of our journey while we get to inspire others to do the same. Join my inspiring guests and me on our mission to help women just like you with what we discovered on our hero's journey through breast cancer. This is a place where we share all the tools and knowledge we've learned to develop the courage, resilience, mindset and self-love needed to start living your full life like you might never have done before. I am Grace DeAngeli and I welcome you to Breast Cancer Hero's Journey Podcast. Welcome home. everyone to today's podcast. Now, I am really, really excited about today's podcast, let me tell you, because I've actually had the privilege of meeting this young lady just recently, but her story, her determination, the way she's just like doing the best she can with what she has and what she's using going forward in her life is just so amazing. So Lucy uh, Milker, I said her name before really well and now I stuffed it up. So Milka Rattis, she's a 39-year-old. She's she's a woman who's success in her business. Like she's a professional worker in, in the infrastructure business right now, but she's really determined. She's a strong, supportive um sports motivated person she loves sports she played basketball for so long but now she actually coaches women's football now if that doesn't get you you know to sit up and listen I don't know what's going to do that so welcome Lucy welcome to today's podcast thank you Grace (laughs) you're welcome so Lucy we know that um, like I said it's just crazy because every time I look back when I look back at your story it's quite crazy because I look at what you've been through and then when I look at what you who you are it's just like you are such a strong courageous woman and I'm not saying that because it has something to do with that journey you went through but in general and I think if you have what it takes you can make anything possible am I right to say that I would like to think so. Um, yeah, I would think so. I definitely <laughs> would think so because the thing is, you don't just get into a, a level in your business and become a sport, you know, become such highly regarded in, in you know, uh, playing sports and then coaching if you don't have that drive, if you don't have that determination. Yeah, look, I think that's just something I was born with, I guess, Um Growing up, I've had a pretty significant determination to be successful in whatever I do. So sport especially was something I started when I was young um, and I think that just carried on through my working career. So, um, you know, when you get a bit older, you, you sort of have to give the sport away and have to find something else to be determined that. So I guess that's where the business sort of stuff came in in the last, you know, 10 or so years. So, yeah, I'd like to think I'm pretty determined. Yeah, good, good. So if you want to share with um, with either, you know, with our audience that have, you know, that will viewing us or listening to us. Do you want to share a bit about your story? So obviously, like uh, most of us, you've been told those beautiful 
not so beautiful. Those nasty three words, you have cancer. So if you want to sort of touch on what happened, where, you know, like where it first started and what you went through. Yeah, look, um, it started in 2000 and early 2015. I was on an overseas holiday with my partner at the time in America and uh, we'd been out for the day. We'd actually been in Disneyland and and we came home and jumped in the shower and, and noticed um, from the light there was a bit of a, a shadow on my chest and I thought it was just a dirty mark. So I actually put my hand up to touch it and it, and it turned out there was a lump there. And it, it was strange. Like straight away I sort of knew um, – it was really abnormal. Um, you know, th- there are lumps in breasts that you can, they're sort of large and you can tell they're cysts, but this was like a really hard, hard pee. And it, it was quite close to my sternum. So um, look, straight away, I thought something was wrong. Um, and, you know, going, I had five weeks left to go over holiday. So it's quite hard to compartmentalize, you know, I found this, however, I'm on this really exciting holiday. So um, I kind of put it in the back of my mind and thought I'll get it checked out when I, when I get back. And, I did. I went to my GP straight away and, and look, he said, look, you're young. There's, you know, I was 32 at the time, just turned 32. And um, he said, look, you're young. It's probably nothing, but, you know, we'll get it scanned anyway. And um, yeah, look, it was a bit of a whirlwind, I guess. I said, mm. I think everyone has that experience where it happens all pretty fast, but um, went and had the ultrasound um, and you sort of know something's wrong when you're laying there and you're just having a normal ultrasound, typical ultrasound and, and sort of six or seven people walk in the room to have a look. So um, at that point, I sort of, it was sort of confirmed to me that, that there was something going on there. And um, in that appointment, you know, then I had to have some other tests. I had to have an MRI and a mammogram. And so it turned out to be something small from an ultrasound just on one side to have, um, you know, scans on both sides and be in that clinic for a, a good few hours. Um, obviously, then, you know, it, it, you, you get the results. And it was a couple of days later when I went, went and saw my GP and he said, look, yes, you've, you've got something in the right side, which you felt, but there's also something in the left side. Um, that we need to get looked at, um, and he sent me off to a specialist. Now this happened within within a week, um, so I, I think I had saw my GP on the Friday, had the scans maybe on Monday. Um, by the Wednesday, I was going to see a specialist. I think on the Friday, so it all happened really really fast. Um, I'm very lucky. Um, I did I did have private health insurance and and had some quite good contacts in the medical professional world, so I was I was very lucky that I got sent to a specialist and gone in very quickly. Um, but straight away when we went and saw her, you know, she put the scans up on the wall and said, look, this doesn't look very nice. Um, we need to do a biopsy. So mm. that was the next step. So in we go a couple of days later to get a biopsy. And as, as I said before, they had found lumps in, in both sides. So, mm-hmm. um, they did biopsies, which, which again, it's something uh, when you're 32, you don't think of cancer. You don't think mm. of what other people have gone through unless you've witnessed it yourself. So having a biopsy to me was pretty scary. Um, and because mine was quite high in my sternum, you know, it's, it was, it was pretty intrusive, you know, having a biopsy, um, having to get through a breastplate, um, it it was, it was scary. And it, um, you know, you're in there for a good hour and they're taking samples and you're thinking, what are they finding? Um, but we, we got through that, had the biopsy and, and a couple of days later, my, my specialist rang and said, look, it's, it's pretty good news. Actually, there's some abnormalities in there. There's some abnormal cells, However, it hasn't progressed to cancer yet, and um, she said, "But it's it's aggressive, and we want to get that little lump out just in case it does develop into something." So, look, that was such a relief. You know, it was we'd gone through this sort of week and a half, two weeks of absolute hell, and to get those those sort of results was fantastic. But mm. she said, "You know, I want to get it out pretty quickly." So the next week, I was in surgery, having that lump removed. 
So when um, you say the lump removed, are you talking about the lump around your sternum or the one yeah. on the other side? The one on the so other side was, was abnormal, but it wasn't okay. as abnormal as the one on the right. So right. Um, the one on the, the right-hand side was was the aggressive-looking, ugly type of thing that they mm-hmm. wanted to get out of my system. The sure. left one just looked like a cyst. Right, um, okay. So, you know, I went the next week and, and had the lump taken out and you sort of, you're a bit relieved, but... Um, you don't really know that that, that lump's going to get take, sent off to pathology after you have it removed. So you've mm. you've sort of got this, you've had these high and low emotions for two weeks and then you, you sort of get the lump out and that was great, that was that was all fine. I had that out on Wednesday and, um, you know, the specialist said, look, I've got to send it off, but, you know, you've had your biopsy, it should be pretty, it should be fine. Um, but on the a Friday afternoon I was I was out walking the dog and, and she called and, and she said, look, I'm really sorry, but, it's um it's actually cancer. We you know the, the biopsy didn't pick up um you know what it should have, and on the other side of the of the tumor there was it was cancer. So um, that was on the Friday afternoon, and and on the Monday morning I was in at the specialist at eight thirty in the morning. Um, yeah. looked to to get the next steps, and um I guess that weekend was was pretty horrific. It was it, you know you go from these highs of lows. I do have it. I don't have it. Now I do have it. Um mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty testing, and yeah. um. You know, it was. I think for me, it wasn't all that testing. I think because I, when I first felt it, I, I knew something was wrong. So I'd already recited to the fact that something I thought was wrong. But I guess my family and friends that were with me through that little that little journey, they were that was hard on them to take because we we'd sort of got the all clear, um, yeah. and then it turns out we didn't get the all clear. So. Yeah. Um, you know, going into the specialist on the Monday morning, and look, she was fantastic, my specialist, and um, so grateful to have to have her care. But um, you know, you go in there not expecting, you know, you, you just don't know if you've never been through this before. You're going into this appointment thinking, what are they going to say? Are they going to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm terminal, I'm going to die, yeah. or am I? Is it fine? Or what are they going to do? So you sort of the whole weekend, I don't think I slept because you just think you just mm. it's the unknown, it's the fear of the unknown, mm. and. And I guess over that weekend you try and look up things, but when you look up things, it, it makes it's it worse. not healthy either. Um, so <laughs> yeah. look, we got to the appointment, and and um, I took my mother and my partner with me at the time. And and I guess when you walk in, you're so charged with emotion, you, you're really not paying any attention to what's being said. And I know you've you know people hear that when you do get diagnosed with cancer, that's that's all they hear is you've got cancer, and they don't they tune yeah. out for the rest of it. So. I think in that sense, I'm really grateful that I had my mum there because she was asking questions that I hadn't even thought of. Um, yeah, beautiful. But the, the specialist said, you know, I've got a few options for you. Um, look, it's, it's, I think it was stage 2B or 3, um, but they didn't really know at that point because they hadn't done any other tests. Mm-hmm. However, the tumour that they'd found was a hormonal-fed tumour and it was quite aggressive. Um, yeah. And, you know, that that week I'd sort of, she said, look, the first thing we need to do is we need to have, you know, a PET scan, a bone scan, a brain scan, a chest X-ray, all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. to see if it had spread. Um, you know, and I hadn't even thought of that. Like I didn't even know yeah. that that was going to happen. Um, yeah. And and then after we're going to get those results and I was going to get the options of what we needed to do. So that was a week of, that was probably the worst, the worst week I went through. I think when, you know, you're laying in a, in a scanning machine for two hours and there's dead silence and there's people analyzing your body and you're just laying there, just not knowing what's going on was, um, was something I'd, I'd never been through before. And it, it, it was, it was scary, you know, and it's, and it's something you're really not prepared for. I mean, I found that lump probably three weeks before that all started to happen and, and you've got other things going on in your life. Like I work full time. I'm, I'm a yeah. manager. Like what you just had to put all that on hold. And mm. um, yeah, so we, we went through all that. And that, as I said before, that was probably the worst, the worst time. Um, 
waiting for those all those results to be compiled and and come up with a plan of action. And luckily enough, it, it for my for me it, it hadn't spread. It hadn't gone anywhere else. It had just gone um, internally into my into my right breast. So mm-hmm. um, I was really lucky. Um, it had spread to a little lymph node in my breast, but it hadn't spread anywhere else. Um, yeah. And then we could come up with a plan of attack. So mm-hmm. the plan of attack was I had a, I had a couple of options. Um, the first being just to get um, more of that lump removed, some tissue all around it, and anywhere where it had spread in that breast, um, followed by some radiology and some and some potential chemotherapy. Um, but also because mum was hormone fed, they didn't think that chemo was probably the best option. That probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have killed it away because still my hormones would have been feeding this cancer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, that's stuff you don't think of. You just think cancer's mm-hmm. cancer. You don't understand where it comes from or what's feeding mm-hmm. it. And, you know, in my case, it was it was fed by estrogen. So I'm a female. I produce estrogen. I'm going to stop that. It's going to keep growing. Yeah. Um, so that was the first option. The second option was to have the whole right breast removed, followed up with some radiology and then some hormone therapy. Um, and the third option was to have a double mastectomy now, um, with, with the hormone therapy. Now, um, the, the specialist was great. She gave me time to think and she laid out all the cards on the table and explained, um, sort of every scenario. But the thing that rang in my ear was you're very young. We don't know why you've got it. Um, and there's a lot of like, women at your age that it does come back. Um, so if if you weren't to have both off, there, there is a risk that it, it could come back in a year or two years. Or um, So, look, the decision was, at that time was pretty easy for me. I, I was just straight away, let's have a double mastectomy, let's get it out, let's, let's stop it from coming back. I did not want to go through that again. So I, mm-hmm. at that time I thought that was the best option and, and obviously spoken to some family and friends and, and we decided that was the best way to go. And um, and, and same thing, you just you don't think about the consequences of your decisions at that point because you've you've just been told you've got cancer. You just want to get rid of it. Um, yeah. You just need it out of your body. And I did not. I just did not want it to come back. I wanted to get rid of every opportunity of it coming back. So that was that was the decision I made. Um, and I don't regret my decision at all. It was the right decision to make. Um, however. I guess, you know, and look, that was, I think, on the Friday. And again, I was booked in on the Wednesday to have that operation. So I hope this episode's been helpful. And I thank you again for listening in on this amazing story with Lucy. Make sure that you follow this little mini series as she continues to tell us about her story and all she's gone through, the good, the bad, and in between. Thanks again, guys. And like always, wishing you all so much love and light. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you could have chosen any other show to spend your time with today and I'm really grateful and humble that you've chosen me instead. And I hope I've been able to serve you in any way. You know, I hope this will become your go-to place to help you heal, feel supported and discover yourself along your hero's journey. And if this episode helped you today, please subscribe and share it with someone you know that would benefit from this. As I've learned about my hero's journey through breast cancer, nothing we receive is for us to keep but to be shared. And I hope I can serve you further by sharing some of the tools I've learned along the way. And it's hard for me to share it all in one simple episode. So if you go to www.theangelsofgrace.me forward slash resources right now, you can find a collection of tools that might be exactly what you need to take you on your hero's journey. And given that I don't know if you're listening to this podcast at the start, the middle or the end of the day, I want to wish you an amazing morning, an amazing afternoon or an amazing evening. 
I am Grace DeAngeli and you listen to the Breast Cancer Heroes Journey podcast. Thanks again for being here. Much love and light.